I want to speak today about fathers. That's going to be the theme for our entire year here at St. Paul's. The Our Father, the Father's House. What it means to experience God the Father in our lives and to follow Him in the same spirit that Jesus Christ Himself lived His entire life with. And this is what St. Paul says is the goal. Have the same mind in you that Christ had in Himself. And that mind only comes from a relationship with a father. So to know who God the Father is to us, we also have to be aware of how our own fathers, our own history has affected us. You know, in last year, I was talking about keeping the integrity of the faith with the first mass back, right? So I couldn't stop thinking about Dave Chappelle. How many of you know who Dave Chappelle is? Okay, good. All right, so Dave Chappelle got a $50 million contract with Comedy Central at the height of his fame. And what did he do? He walked away from it. He walked away from it because he said, I was losing my soul for the money and the fame in Hollywood. So it's like, how much are you willing to lose to, to live with integrity when you know you're crossing lines? So I talked about we have to live with integrity here when we're in college because it's very easy to lose your soul little by little. So I just couldn't stop thinking about this comedian. And then today when I want to speak about fatherhood, for some reason I couldn't stop thinking about Bill Burr. Who here knows who Bill Burr is? All right, about the, the same people who should raise their hand for Dave Chappelle. I'm really surprised. All right, so Bill Burr is one of the most famous comedians right now. And uh, by the way, next year I think I'm going to talk about Richard Pryor. So it's going to just keep going. A new comedian every year. We'll see how it goes. But he talks a lot about fatherhood in his life because he's always had such a temper problem. And he talks about the experience that he had with his father. But now that he's a husband and he has his own two little girls, he sees it's happening in them. So he makes jokes about it. He makes light of it. Uh, but I had an experience that I thought was very telling. Um, he talked about how just recently, for the first time, he, had, he did mushrooms. Don't tell your parents about this first homily that you get from me. Right? He talked about comedians and drugs. So it's going to have a better point than this. But he did mushrooms when he was out in the desert. He said how... At first, like, he was like, so afraid to ever do drugs, which he should be, because they're evil, they're bad, they'll kill you, period, okay. But he didn't know what would come up when he did it. And when he did this, he said all of a sudden, at first, like, things were just kind of moving around, he was just hallucinating a little bit. He was, but then all of a sudden, the deepest feeling of sorrow came over him. Couldn't understand. He's surrounded with his wife and with friends out in, the, out in this uh, desert home, just having a great time. And he said, it's as if this wave of being unloved and absolutely alone. He said, it wasn't just like a feeling. It just was like it was a state of being that he could never get out of. Like to me, it was one of the most perfect descriptions of what hell is. Hell is a place where you're absolutely alone and unloved, unknown, unseen for all eternity. And I think he got a little bit of a taste of this. But when he was sitting there, he's like, where is this feeling coming from? Like, I'm right by my wife. I have my kids. I'm at the top of my fame in my career right now. Why do I feel so unloved and alone? And then it hit him. This is exactly how I felt all those years when I was coming home as a child. So that when he did this drug, it like awakened him to something he'd been suppressing for so long, which in his childhood was a very bad relationship with his own father. And he said, I didn't realize that no matter how much success I got in the world, 
or even having my own family or growing up and having my own kids, nothing could replace the sorrow that was in my heart from not having a father who really cared about me and loved me growing up. And so the theme when we're talking about fatherhood, what we're really talking about is the most central aspect of our identity. So when we think about Jesus Christ, how did Jesus Christ refer to him, refer to himself over and over again as the son? The identity of Jesus Christ was son. That's the first and only way he knew himself before anything else. He knew himself as the beloved son of the father. And this is so essential for us to understand because the reason that we fell in the garden, Adam and Eve, was because the devil was able to convince Adam and Eve that they were alone, that the father did not love them. Therefore, he tempted them to rebel against him. And men and women rebel against God in different ways. Women, like Eve, strive to grasp for the fruit, to take control when they feel alone. What do men do? Follow Adam in stepping away, in cowardice, in hiding, in refusing to take the lead for their family, for their children. And that's why Jesus and Mary are the exact opposite, the, the redeemed image of what we all should become. Mary, who was totally surrendered at every moment of her life, let it be done to me according to your will. The moment of the Annunciation, when she followed Jesus Christ in his public ministry, and even at the foot of the cross and at the grave. She was surrendered. She never took control. And who, what did Christ do? Christ never ran away from anybody. Not Herod, not the Pharisees, not the people who came to arrest him in the garden, and not even the devil in the, in the desert, and not even against death. Jesus Christ courageously stepped into all evil that could confront man. Why? Because he knew the love of the Father. He was never afraid. And that's the type of mind that we are called to develop in ourselves. But it doesn't come just from action. It doesn't come from just choosing to do it. It's something that's born out of an intimate relationship with the Father, where I know myself as totally loved and cared for by Him. Therefore, I can surrender. Therefore, I can act with courage. Because He will protect me. But something that we have to understand and what Bill Burr kind of reminds us of is that the experience that we have of our human father in our life will reflect the understanding that we have of God. So Bill Burr was a Catholic. Sadly, he's fallen away now. But one of the reasons that he walked away from the Catholic Church is like he felt like he had nothing to offer. Where was God in my life? Where is God in the midst of the suffering? The same relationship that he had with his father. He didn't feel like his father really actually cared about him. Really loved him. And he projected that on God too. And it led him to have that same rejection of the church and of Christ. So how I experience my earthly father will reflect how I understand God as my father. What is the father's role? The father is the head of the family, ordained by God to lead, to lead his wife and to lead his children, to prepare them for the difficulties of life. So that's why in Hebrews, what St. Paul says is, do not disdain the disciplines of the Lord. For what good father would not discipline his son 
Right? One of my best friends used to live with us. Um, and one time I got in a fight with my own father back when I was in like elementary school. And I walked back in my room and I was really upset. And I just saw him kind of sit in the corner. And I'm sorry, this was junior high. And uh, he was just looking in the corner and I was like, what's up? And he goes, he was, you're so angry. He was like, at least you have a father to yell at you. His parents split up. And so he just just jump in houses with myself and other friends. It's like, deep down, we want a father who calls us out, who leads us to tell us how we should live and prepares for the world. Because we know deep down whether we love or hate what they have to say, it shows that they actually care about us, right? It shows that they're invested in us. So when God is talking to us, he's saying, just as an earthly father who truly loves his sons, will discipline them to keep them on the right track. So I do for you. And so when Christ is asked how many will be saved, what was his answer? How many people at the end of their life will be saved, will go to heaven? It's an unsettling answer. We have to confront it. We're talking about eternal salvation. He says, strive to enter through the narrow gate, for wide and spacious is the road that leads to condemnation, to damnation. And many are they that are on it. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. And that's what a father is meant to do. A father prepares his children to go on a narrow pathway of salvation, not just for eternal salvation, but in life to give them everything that they need so they can endure the difficulties of life without giving up and without failing. That's what a good father will do. And right now, we're beginning, this is the first week of of school. You know how many college students keep their faith in the four years that they go to college? 30%. 70% of Catholics lose their faith in school not because of intellectual reasons. I've almost never run across a student or a man after he's gone to college who told me that he left the faith because he came to understand X, Y, and Z is not compatible with with our religion. Or like he read his way out of Catholicism. It's mainly two reasons. One, they don't have community. Like the Catholic Church isn't a community to them. It's just something that they do on a Sunday. Who's their community? Their friends at college who aren't going to church, who aren't praying, who aren't striving to live a moral life. So the second thing that leads to is immorality. So if my closest friends are those who are in the world who don't have a strong moral compass, who aren't striving to live according to the teachings of Jesus Christ, little by little they lose their faith and they lose their way and they lose their relationship with God. It's as if like the light just keeps dimming lower and lower. It's not a conscious choice, it just slowly falls away. So me as a father, seeing those statistics and seeing already in one year people I've seen around at the beginning and then little by little never saw them again. How am I supposed to take that? What am I supposed to do to equip you so that you can keep your faith no matter what you go through in this college? That you can always come here and find a home in this Catholic church where you belong, where you have community, and you know how to fight the battles that you will encounter in this world. That's my job. 
And I take it very seriously. I think God gave me this experience last year, right before I started as a chaplain, to warn me. This woman came in. She was already well graduated by like five years. She came to my office and she started telling me about her experiences when she went to college. She started little by little. It's the first time her parents were watching over to make sure that she's going to mass. She was, so she stopped going just little by little, started doing everything that her friends were doing, drinking and partying more, drugs, and then a lot of prom- promiscuity with other guys. And she started really breaking down because she saw how it affected her life now because the, the choices that we make in college stay with you forever. There's no such thing as like a one and done, you forget about it. Every choice we make has its effects. And she was feeling those effects. She was like, the worst thing, the worst thing that kills me is my father knew what I was doing. My father knew the things I was engaging in in college. And he never said a word. She said, I was so happy in that time that he didn't. I thought I was getting away with something. Imagine how unprotected she felt. Because her father didn't stand up to tell her what was right and what was wrong, she felt completely abandoned in the end. That's why it's very important for me as your priest. I will not always tell you things that are going to correspond with what the world tells you, what Boise State University tells you, what your friends tell you. But what I promise you is I will always tell you the truth that Jesus Christ taught us. Why? For the salvation of your soul. And if you ever fail in that, you fall short of that, I will always be here to welcome you back, to give you the sacrament of confession, to give you the mercy of God, because you're going to fail, and that's okay. That's a part of life. What's important is you never stop coming back. You never give up on your faith in the midst of it. There's one, one other story. When I was a working in an internship before I was ordained a priest. I was in this parish and this priest had just got asked to move because of some things that he was involved in that were causing a lot of trouble. And at one point, the secretary told me that they had a conversation and he, he just started opening up about his father. He said, you know, my father, he was always so mean to us. Nothing we ever did was good enough for him. He was always yelling at us and he was blaming his unhappiness on all of us. And as he was talking about his relationship with his father, the secretary, this woman, she said, all I wanted to do was just grab him and shake him and say, this is exactly what you are to us. This is what you do to us. But the priest didn't even realize that. We don't realize how much our own fathers determine how we act. And even a priest cannot be living out of the sonship of Jesus Christ. There's nothing magic about it. You have to want, and you have to ask for it, and you have to study it. And that's what I want to offer all of us here, for myself and for you, to prepare you to be mothers, wives, husbands, and fathers for your children. And the only way we do that successfully is by having in us the mind of Jesus Christ. And allowing the same love and relationship that filled his heart with his father to be in us. And that's why in every single mass, the moment that Jesus Christ becomes present on this altar, 
body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist, we can all look upon Him together and cry out in those words, He came to teach every single one of us. Our Father. 